Welcome to Reality TV PhD. I'm Christina. And I'm M. Here's the deal. M and I were both in school for far, far too long. We decided it was time for us to climb out of the ivory tower and plop onto the couch to talk about our favorite academic subject, reality TV. From dating shows that make you question the future of humankind, to competition shows with 40 plus seasons, to that one show about a farmer trying to find a wife, for better or worse, we watch it all. We're here with hot takes, dissertations about topics you never asked for, and questions you wished another student would ask so you don't have to. Class has begun. This meeting is being recorded. Smart recording uses AI technology, which may include third-party models, to create meeting recording highlights, smart chapters, and next steps. Blah, 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 AI. What do you think our meeting highlights are? Uh, Christina makes fun of M from eating a salad. Every time. Like, what do, what do you want to eat next? Like, what is the loudest food you could think of? Just have it for lunch. Probably granola. Or seaweed crackers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating a salad again, students. Because I'm hungry. Okay? You're the one who manages our calendar. I know. I know. I know. I know it's my fault. <laughs> Do you have two grades of every type again? I just need to set my expectations for what this homeroom is about to be. Look, I have two A's and two F's. That's it? And then I have every other. <laughs> Great. Are you serious? And I'm not All even right. caught up on on school, a.k.a. reality TV. I know. I'm not caught up either. Um, but I'm caught up enough. All and right. My, I, my house looks like an explosion happened. No, it's it does not. everywhere. Okay, Students, not I'm looking see. at Christina's house and it is literally perfectly arranged. She moved into this new house like a couple months ago and within a day of moving in, her entire built-in bookshelf, I don't know if it's built-in, I hope yeah. it is. Okay, good. Because I was like, if you also constructed the bookshelf in that <laughs> amount of time, is like perfectly arranged, color-coordinated everything. Meanwhile, I've lived in this house for over a year and what can you even see? I have nothing on the walls, so. Well, you have a blurred background. For a reason. That's a bike behind me. It's not even mine. Not that I stole it. It's my boyfriend's. Anyway, <laughs> give me your give me your reports. I only have an A, one A, one C, and one F. Okay. Reasonable. I think you should do your A's first. I will. Well, my first A, and I, I just, I have to pitch you hard because I need you to watch this, is love on the spectrum on netflix it's originally an australian show so i have to disclaim that i haven't seen the original but guarantee that i will have watched it so we just watched the single u.s season six episodes um came out last year so it's not even old it is like oh my god em believes that's old it is so perfect i was gently crying the entire show to me it is just love like there is so much love not just romantic love but like familial love it is so perfect especially as a counterpoint to the trash men and humans on the rest of reality tv so if you haven't watched anyone just stop what you're doing and watch this because my heart is so warmed i'll consider it 
Oh, I mean, you're not going to be okay watching it. How does that not appeal to you? A guaranteed sob fest. I don't know. You just got to be in, you got to be in the mood for that. I don't know if that's the, that's true. The Virgo season I'm in right now, but not like, um, I hope it's not how you were with like Dotton's mom on the bachelorette, but more just like gentle streaming tears for 45 minutes and like feeling like the world is good yeah well that would be refreshing to feel yeah it is refreshing i also want to give an a to the bachelorette as a whole season i feel that we finally got a season that doesn't make me hate to admit that i watched the show a return to form Yeah, it definitely was a return to form. Let me tell you that I have no hope that this will continue. And I actually wanted to get your thoughts on that because they frequently cast men that I enjoy to watch, like Pilot Pete, for example. And then these men just act like total trash monsters on television. And I am sad I ever liked them. So how hopeful are you for a season with Joey? Emma's eating. You asked me this question mid-apple bite. I'm so sorry. I was never super um, stoked about Joey. But he he's a nice guy. Yeah, but so what? So would you agree if he follows the trend of former bachelors that he we will not be saying that after his season? We'll be definitely like- not. I I honestly was down for a Braden season. Well, you're going to get Brayden on the beach in Bachelor in Paradise, which is probably a better setting for him. I'm going to get a lot of Brayden based on the the trailer. A lot. And I'm honestly not upset about it. I was like, do you still, does he still work for you? Uh, No, no. But like, as a really fascinating person to watch on my screen, yes. So I don't know. I just think like, I, I usually am not excited about the Bachelor seasons. Whoever they choose as a Bachelor, I've never been like, oh my God, I can't wait. Yeah. Pilot Pete season was amazing. Ooh. So was Ari's. But since really? then, it's kind of... Well, just like the ending of Ari's was incredible. That's true. But Joey, I mean, sweet guy. He'll probably, yeah, he'll probably like deeply mess up. It'll probably be like a Clayton type of ending in over his head. We've seen it before. Nothing new. No, won't hold a candle. Won't hold a candle to charity. A light. Won't hold a light. Match? Match? Oh, I do not know. We don't know. Wow. Stumped Christina. Anyway, that's what I think. Not excited. But excited for BIP. Yeah, me too. And Golden Bachelor. My A. Excuse me. Am I done? You have... All right. Do you have <laughs> Well, I just had a? one. I had one <laughs> side. Oh, sorry. I wasn't <laughs> able to track that you had an aside that you were about to say. Go ahead. All right. My aside, remember in 2020 when- How was I supposed to anticipate (laughs) that this was something that was going to come after you finishing two A's? I just had a memory that I had to share. Please, please. (laughs) In 2020, when we all watched The Bachelor and Chris Harrison's son used to film him from his home office and in the background of Chris Harrison's little setup, there was a copy of his romance book in the background. Yes, I do remember that. What a weird fucking time. It was. I really just had to bring us back to that. Thank you for that. 
Thank you for that. Not a, my a was the temptation Island reunion because wow. I have to say I gave it an F. But, but but an A plus for reality. Yes, exactly. It's what I'm talking about. It was so fun to try to constantly shuffle around which of these men is the worst man. And just when you think it can't get any worse, it does. That's all I'm going to say. Even if you didn't watch the whole season or any of the season, watch that reunion. It's iconic. Like, you almost feel that you're watching Maury from 2002 oh, and you're homesick yes. from school. You do. That's how I felt. It was perfect. Well, who's the ranking of men? I think I put... Did I put Rob first? Really? Over I know, Christopher? but I couldn't believe it. No, no. Rob being the best. Yeah. See, this is why it's hard because you're like equally like, yeah, he could be the best, he could be the worst. I know Christopher is the worst. Second worst is Hall. And then Great and Rob are like equally bad to me, but somehow not as bad as the other two. But I think Rob and Vanessa are back together based on what I could find. So they seem aligned in their desire for toxicity. Yes. And we will talk about that in our uh, seminar, what that's about in general. <laughs> oh, great. Just desiring toxicity. What's your B? My B was the tease of having a queer couple on Love Island USA. It was great to see it when it was happening. Shout out Cassie and Johnny. I love you. I we all I think all viewers knew they weren't going to couple up, but it was an authentic moment and it seemed to be treated with respect from everyone. And in a recent episode, the family sent in videos and Cassie, who had not come out to her family, was received very well. And her sister even said, like, I like the two of you together. And that's beautiful. I love to see, like, just the normalcy of people exploring their sexuality. And, like, it can just be without anything. No fanfare. Right. It just is. And how great. And honestly, that shit was so gay to have someone attracted to the clone version of themselves. Just the gayest shit I've ever seen. So great job, Cassie and Johnny. B for me. Love them. I don't have a B, but I'll share my C, which is thanks to a student for recommending this. The most recent season of Nailed It. Oh, yeah. And the reason why it's a C is because I was watching, maybe it's the second episode where they have to make this like three three tiered cake where it's like a pineapple an orange and a watermelon with faces and i once read this maybe it was a medium post that this amazing investigator did i don't even know who this person is i should find it that took a deep dive into like the dark world of kids youtube channels like youtube channels for kids where if you just let autoplay keep going after a video ends, it like war- the algorithm warps you into this, like some sometimes like extremely disturbing videos created by AI. And, but they're also like kind of kid, like also they're like, you know, creepy kids, but also like really weird stuff happens in it. I'll try to find the link and put it in the episode description. Anyway, the reason I gave it a C is because while it's usually delightful, it this show does border on the edge of like, 
there's a vibe about it that kind of makes me feel like I might be watching something truly evil. (laughs) (laughs) And when I saw the faces that these bad bakers made on these fruitcakes, I was like, I might be in that world. It is like a nightmare version of what a baked good should look like. Yes. Which is why I will cry laughing, but also could imagine in theory, if one were to ever watch under a mind altering substance, it would be a very disturbing show. In theory, it could be. Yeah. So uh, that's a specific shout out to some listeners who may want to partake in that experience. But be careful. Tread, <laughs> tread lightly with caution. It is not. It is not a safe space for your not, brain. And all. Not for the faint of heart. No, nailed it. Not for the faint of heart. I have and that's- to say, beyond just like people's abilities to get the baked goods to be aesthetically like similar to what they're copying, the baking skills are just, I mean, I've seen episodes where people like almost light things on fire by putting metal in the microwave. Like these people need some lessons on being in a kitchen. Oh, totally. But it's that plus an overtone of like, <laughs> yay, it's so great and fun. Like a kid's show. And yet these people are like potentially like seriously harming themselves. <laughs> it's such a weird mix of things. It took it somewhere dark. <laughs> It suddenly felt dark. It was like totally normal for me for like the first episode or two. And then suddenly I was like, whoa, what have we entered? I'm crying. (laughs) Anyway. So real. What's your D or C? Yeah. So I have a C and D. C and D. C, I really just want to share like a moment from Stars on Mars because. Oh my God. (laughs) I know you wait for it every week. I don't. I pray. I literally, before you said what your C was, I was like, oh God, I hope Stars on Mars has ended. One more week. How has it gone on so long? I swear it had more episodes than The Bachelorette. Okay. So they had them do some like emotional moment where they all the remaining people, because we're very low on people now, had to put something somewhere, whatever, that they would bring to Mars. Like, what is the one item? So, like, Portia brings an ultrasound of her first kid. I don't know how many kids she has, but an ultrasound of a baby. Adam brings a picture of his husband and dog. Like, we're getting emotional. Paul Pierce, who I will talk to you about, brought some dominoes just the middle-aged men on stars on mars leave so much to be desired and i just wanted to comment on his lack of self-awareness he is this guy do you know who this is i I don't know i don't know athletes whatever i guess he did some some athlete things but then he was working for espn the first thing he chooses to share with everyone is just like Hey, y'all know me because I got fired from ESPN for like, I Instagram and tweeted some like really inappropriate photos of me. They didn't like that and they fired me. (laughs) Something along those lines. Unasked, unprompted. Again, the same pattern of Lance. And it just begs me to ask, what is wrong with you men? Him and his damn dominoes that he's bringing to Mars. I have no hypotheses. Sorry if I got that story wrong, people that actually know sports. But who cares? I looked it up when it happened and was just- Allegedly. God, I don't think it was- Insert all the things that Christina said. And he he did it himself. It's not like it was leaked. He posted it. No, I think- 
it's a cry it's a cry for help it's a cry for help truly it is all right my d is really just a chuckle of men doing the bare minimum and thinking it's just the maximum on love island usa or us i guess it's called leo wanted to make a grand gesture for cassie to really show that he was feeling her and like committed to her as you may recall he slept with someone else two days after she arrived so you could see how he was sending mixed messages to cassie his grand gesture everyone was drawing a heart in the sand pretty challenging stuff that doesn't say i love you and we don't know what does my f and I'm not going to get into this too much because to be totally honest with you, I did not read the details of the articles. I'll link to it. Because I don't, sometimes I feel, and maybe this is the wrong take, but sometimes I feel like I'm, it's almost like voyeuristic or not. It just makes me feel like, listen, all I need to know is that this person did something, at least one thing, probably more things very, very wrong. And I don't need to know all the detail. I don't want to, I don't need to open up the trauma. Like, I just don't need to be for me to like, believe that someone did something wrong. I don't need to be like (laughs) reading all the details that are like super personal and hurtful. But anyway, the person I know came to what I'm talking about. Sorry. Let me back up. My F of the week is Gary on below deck, the franchise. I can't remember. He's just on sailing out. I think. We've talked about Gary before, kind of in a joking manner, talked about his hair, talked about other things about him, but it has come to our attention based on a very brave person who worked in production and potentially more people. Again, I did not read all of the articles if there were more people who came out against him, basically saying that he was extremely inappropriate towards them and committed what seemed to be multiple fireable offenses, but was not fired and said was protected by production. Um, Christine, I don't know if you read the articles in detail, but I skimmed them and I thought that's fucked and it's over for me for him. Agreed. He was my other F of the week. Uh, It's a really good well-reported rolling stone article if reading these things is something that you desire i'll link to it with a content warning um yeah uh, honestly it's sort of i i feel it really shows the ripple effects of of everything right there was a lot of discussion around below deck down under them showing what they showed how does that impact the people who experienced it i do think there is so much good that can come of that if someone is willing to share their story. And my guess would be that that helped sort of put these things in motion for this to come, this person to come forward. And and it really just shows the complete opposite side of the coin to what we said last week. Production was not on the women's side. Uh, How interesting to think that it was a producer who experienced this instead of the star of the show what that meant and it occurred at the hands of like a quote beloved cast member so so many different power dynamics and as we talked about last week this is the more common experience that yes. um, people have in the workplace or under any sort of with any sort of experience of sexual harassment or assault and so obviously 
Gary's not just an F he's on our shit list and we're not really going to spend any more time talking about him on this pod unless it's relevant to yeah other accusations that come forward and just wanting to give voice to them yeah but and- other than that I, I hope he's not cast again or shown maybe he's already filmed something I just don't know what's going to happen but yeah I I hope they they remove him from the footage of the new season which they've done with another below deck cast member in a previous season he was just sort of like silently erased and and you know what that's exactly the treatment for someone like this get him out of there no one needs to hear from him anymore there's been rumblings I feel like for the past few months about like with all of these various allegations which of course are not new but are coming to light of, of how people on reality shows are treated and with the coinciding writer's strike like is there going to be a reality tv reckoning in this way in a way that there maybe is a union for protections like what does all of this mean and i just hope that something that offers more protection to individuals like participating in and working on these shows gets instituted and i i just don't want to keep hearing these stories wondering like god is there going to be something else that that we could be doing totally especially because all these channels are relying so much on reality television right now to keep everything afloat. Like let's get people some fucking protections legally. And like, no one should have to work in a workplace like this. Agreed. Well said. Ugh. Yeah. Did you have another F or you kind of already shared it? The F was (laughs) Gary and the men on temptation Island. We can just have a blank spot for men on reality TV for me as an F. Um, not to like fit the stereotype of like ma- male hating gays, but um, y'all aren't doing a good job on some of these shows, so I'll reserve that spot. Certainly, certainly. Not to make it all against men, though. There's some. Wait, let me think about this for a second. No, oh, yeah. Oh, we got some in- women. Yeah, we got our- some women in the <laughs> ultimatum. Who uh, the ultimatum? Also- <laughs> we will spare no one. No. <laughs> Look, just act right, okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's all we ask. <laughs> I mean, especially when there's a fucking camera there. Oh, right? guys, we have so much to talk about about the ultimatum. Okay, before we do, I have one quick up quiz for you. Okay, I'm ready. So I assume this is a common practice of showing these family videos on Love Island. Is that yes, is that like yes? A thing? Well, actually, usually they come to the island. Oh, yeah, like family visit on Survivor. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was shocking to me, I have to say. I did not know that was happening. And I was disturbed that anyone would go on Love Island and then be like, hey, grandma, tune in every night at 8 p.m. Would you let your family know that you were going on Love Island and ask them to watch? No, but they would know that I am doing, first off, I think this goes without saying, I would never be on Love Island. (laughs) Past me or present me or future me, I feel pretty confident saying that wasn't going to be in the cards, nor will it be in the cards. Maybe there'll be a golden Love Island, though. Maybe like I'm so oh, I can't wait for you. Um, but no, I would never go on it. But if I somehow were the person, if I were the person who went on it, I wouldn't have the life I the life I have. So I can't even speculate on to what I would do. It was shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah proud parents of their little horny kids <laughs> thank god we don't get family videos on too hot to handle oh mgz jesus okay please can we talk about the seminar 
Oh, we can. Oh, man. I... All right, so Seminar This Week is about the ultimatum. We're going to discuss episodes one through five. That is not the number of episodes that dropped everyone. No, more than that dropped, but we have to pace ourselves. We simply must. Now, I think my, my main question for you, if you can just help me, is what am I watching? It's horrific. It's horrific. Am I wrong? No. Like, I'm Tara won't watch it with me. That's how bad it is. I'm watching it and I'm like, even in, you know, how much of it is that they're playing weird? They're making, there's so many thoughts. I have so many thoughts swirling around. I just finished watching episode five. I watched, it's, it's both like probably not a good season, but and also it's horrific in another way that I haven't quite nailed. Like it, it's a very almost dissonant viewing experience. I find it really hard to understand what people are talking about and how they feel about each other. Like I feel so confused about all the couples. And I think maybe part of it, which I'm going to try to pay attention to in the second half of the episodes is I feel like the music editors are playing music that possibly is at odds with what I thought the vibe was, what was going on between people. And it's like, it's really, it's kind of like tripping me out. I I cannot follow what's going on, especially after episode five with, um, we'll get into each couple, but with the Antonio talking to, I don't even know the guy, I call him busy guy. Is his name Alex? Yeah. Antonio talking to Alex and Roxanne talking to Kat. Yes. That, those two conversations, I was like, did I miss something? And who am I supposed to believe? So anyway, I need help. We, You need to like hold my hand and walk me through what I'm watching, what I've just watched. Did you watch the first season of- Yes, I did. I believe so. At least the most of it, as I typically Ugh. do. It felt the whole time I watched that season, I felt like this is the most unethical show because it can really fuck with people's relationships. And absolutely none of them have the emotional tools to handle this. It's like throwing a bomb into every relationship and walking away. But at least for that, that season, I felt like people and in the queer ultimatum, I, I felt like people actually liked each other yeah they do not here sometimes (laughs) i don't even think original couples don't even like i i don't know what's going on no one i'm not like worried anyone gonna hook up because i don't feel that which like someone maybe already did because i'm not caught up but there no one likes each other even in the original couples i don't think they liked each other no everyone was on the verge of a breakup i believe went on this show found someone they don't like decided to live with them have really awkward conversations with parents and friends i mean like that's the show it's so hard for me to watch let's talk about everyone individually and as couples okay my first comment by the way is we might need to revise our schedule because i don't know if i can talk about the next episodes i don't know either (laughs) And by the way, I don't regret watching it. But if if any students do watch it and 
and can watch it with an eye of like, what are produ- like what could producers do differently to make this e- everyone's dynamic easier to understand? I would love to hear your th- your thoughts because I am L O S T. Let's start with um it's easy because the couples basically swap with each other, so it's easy yeah. to talk about like them as their original couple and then them as their trial marriage. But let's start with the Antonio who initiated an ultimatum to Roxanne. Go ahead. Oh my God. We're just starting <laughs> out the couple that I'm like, excuse me. Roxanne. This girl is doing the most to have you know that she is busy, owns her own business, and is a hashtag girl boss. She, yes, Roxanne is obsessed with working. It's why she cannot get married, correct? That's what she says. Yes, according to her. And I think I'm going to talk a little bit more about Roxanne later when she's in her new couple. Um, I have some comments about this. But yeah, the the TLDR, she's obsessed with working. She's a hashtag girl boss. Her, her company is uh, nipple pasties. So she's all about the ladies she says something like that to cat like she's a gal yeah, she's cat. not a girl's girl that's the truth though yeah she's not but she says she is and antonio i also have more to say about him when he's in his new couple which i'll hold for now but he's kind of just like your average guy yeah there, there's nothing remarkable to me no about antonio other than like his partnership when yeah. he enters i think he's a good looking guy i'm gonna yeah, i'll say like, that totally fine he's a cutie he's a totally fine guy all right Let's keep going to, through the OGs and then we'll get to the recouple, the couples. Trey gave a ultimatum to Raya. Trey is an engineer. These are the important things we know about them. Trey is an engineer and Raya wants romantic gestures. She also expects the man in the relationship to cover the mortgage or rent, but she is happy to cover the utilities. Specific. Asking for what she wants. Remind me, is she the one who, because I wrote this down and then I was not paying attention, so I didn't attribute it to anyone, but she said something to the extent of like, I don't want a lot, but what I want, I need or something like she was trying to basically say she was low maintenance, but she was also like, I want to buy everything that I need. Yes. Like, yeah, she was like, I don't, I don't need everything, but I, I, anything I do want, I need to be able to get. Yes. It's like, wait, cool, cool, cool. Wait, wait, sorry, what? Like, what Like, water shelter? Or are we talking about like a purse? Or yes. Like, again, no judgment. Like, as a Taurus and a Taurus rising here, we're like, wait. we love our items, but yeah. what are you saying? Yeah, what do you just be more specific? Yeah. I mean, she's a complicated, they're all complicated people. She's a complicated one. She she talks briefly about uh, a fail. What, what's right a failed pregnancy or Mm, yes yes um which is really devastating and i think not to psychoanalyze i think is playing a big part in how she's feeling about certain commitment marriage etc maybe wanting to have kids or not wanting to have kids like it seems like that is like not something to ignore when thinking about her 
preferences for like what she wants in the future. Anything else you want to say about those two before we get to the recoupling? Okay. Then we have Kat who gave an ultimatum to, is his name Alex? I literally wrote busy guy everywhere. Okay. Alex. It's Alex. (laughs) Alex who, who said one of the first things he says about his inability to propose to her is I just haven't gotten around to it. I've been busy. Yeah, like they, they've been traveling and stuff and it's just, but I thought a lot of people propose to someone when traveling. You're not wrong. Okay, well, someone should tell Alex. Someone you, should tell Alex. You can do both travel and propose to someone. They need not be mutually exclusive. Cat. I've got more to say about her, but we'll wait till we get to their recouples. All right. Just high level going through people now. Uh, Ryan and James. High school sweethearts have been together for seven years. Have never lived together. That was very interesting to me. She said they'd never been alone together for more than a couple days. Yeah. And that was on, or more than two weeks, essentially. And that was on a family trip. So it's not like they were completely alone. Yeah. But then I'm confused because of what James talks about with Raya later. I'm like, when are you, maybe they basically live together, but don't officially live together. It's not clear to me what is going on there. (laughs) There's a lot of lack of clarity if you haven't picked up on. Okay. Let's go to the final couple. Lisa initiates an ultimatum to Brian. Now we will talk maybe slightly more about them because spoiler, they wind up leaving the show before you choose your trial partner. All you need is about 45 seconds with this couple to know they're not a good couple. Really just tough stuff to watch. The first, so Lisa, I kept having to check. I was like, wait, Lisa's the one who gave the ultimatum. Am I right? Because I feel like I'm. I think so. Like she definitely is, but she's acting like she was put in this situation against her will. But she actually made them do the situation. It seemed to me pretty clear that like Brian was kind of stoked to like have a, a hall pass. Yeah. Yeah. He really wanted to participate in the show. He really wanted to participate in the show, despite not being the one that gave the ultimatum. Lisa wakes up, is like crying their first night that they're there because she doesn't want to do this. She wants to go home. And yet once again, I'm like, didn't you issue the ultimatum? I'm so confused as to how this couple got here and how the person who was the one that was like, you need to decide yes or no, is the one who also doesn't want to be there. But the one that didn't want to decide doesn't want to be the one does want to be there. Very confusing. I did have a feeling and I'm wondering if you, so Lisa has uh gets very upset a couple different times especially one time when brian is flirting with raya and she doesn't react in a amazing way in fact she literally slapped brian on the face i don't know if you saw that but i had to rewind and watch it yes again no disclaimer from netflix nope but she just slaps him on the face so like no she did not act in an appropriate manner in front of everyone yeah in front of everyone and the cameras she did this in front of everyone she literally kind of like lost her shit and do i think do i co-sign any of that no but if you would go with me for a moment christina i did sense like a parallel between lisa and caitlin from temptation island usa 
when Caitlin first arrived, where they both seem to like know somewhere deep down that like they should be worried about their partner. Like, I just feel like I wrote like Lisa knows like Caitlin knew, like sometimes women just know. And I, I did get this feeling like the reason why Lisa, one of the reasons why she's insecure about her relationship with Brian is because I think deep down she might know that like, it's not the one, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too into it, but I did kind of, I kind of got that kind of spidey sense. I could see that. I definitely could see that. I think too, it's, it could be, she had that thought, like maybe not even a fully formed thought, thought this could be a good idea when faced with the reality of what it meant. And that maybe she wasn't connecting with anyone really, but like he certainly was, Oh, my biggest fear is confirmed. I don't Mm want to be here anymore. True. True. And then they weren't there anymore because she found out that she's pregnant. I have not too much to say other than please let's resume this combo when there's a reunion because I got to know what they're up to. Wish them the best. And be like, once again, let's stop downplaying domestic violence when the perpetrator is a woman. Thank you, Netflix. Thanks and bye. Hard it was honestly watch. like the two of them were, it was really hard. I I'm, I'm not upset that they're no longer going to no. be part of the show because it was not comfortable to watch their they, interactions they should not have gotten on the show. Once Agreed. again, I'm like, I, I just can't imagine. Like it was so apparent. They were not a healthy couple. Yep. They should not be put through this. Like, where are the lines? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird. I felt like I wasn't watching when I saw some scenes of them, I just felt it took me to a, it took it took a went down a path where I felt like I was no longer watching like a, ne- a normal Netflix show. I don't know. It just I know Netflix is like kind of getting more unhinged lately, but I was just like, what's going on? Like this isn't this is episode one or two. I'm looking for yeah. like some light, light fun. Maybe we should just not watch the ultimatum because it's too heavy. Yeah. I think that's possible. I just, God, I really just hope this is not like what people are tolerating in their relationships. And I think that's what like troubles me watching shows like this and Temptation Island is like seeing so many people that just tolerate this behavior from their partner and normalize it. And it's what we're showing, we're being shown. As yeah. our examples on TV of like what relationships are like. So yeah. if, if people do, ha- or if this is people's experiences in their own life and then they like see it on shows, they're probably like, oh, I guess this isn't that abnormal. Right. I Like you shouldn't have to be fighting for your partner to give you affection and attention in the way that you need. And you also shouldn't have to convince them to marry you <laughs> if that's what you want. <laughs> it. That's it like truly pains me the premise of this that people would be like totally fine going on national television telling their partner marry me or we're done. I know. It's like everyone that goes to your wedding knows that you drag that person there. 
<laughs> or they had like a total realization while shacking up with someone else that they couldn't have with you put them in a room with a therapist yeah <laughs> let's have a netflix show where if you're issued an ultimatum or you're in a couple where an ultimatum is issued psych you don't get to sleep around with other people's partners you get to hang out in an enclosed space with the therapist for three weeks or someone who this has training yes pl- please nick lachey in the first episode says like is this comfortable to do it like this no like this is of course a really hard experience it's the best oh no yeah is it like is an issuing an ultimatum like really fun and comfortable no 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 he agrees y'all agree but it's the best way to get the answers you need Mm. disagree hard disagree (laughs) what it would be to be a reality star who just feels like they just can say stuff right what lesson are you teaching America, Nick and Vanessa? Yeah, defend yourselves. Anyway, we're going really hard on this like ridiculous show, but it is pro- it is disturbing. I think it's problematic. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. Do you want to talk now about a little bit more about these individuals in their trial marriages? Are you sure. hashtag over it? <laughs> I'm like hashtag over it minus a few thoughts. Okay. We just got to talk about Roxanne and Alex together. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I can't tell you how, how much I would deeply despise being in a room with both of them together yeah, me too. as they're paired. Blessings to both of their parents for tolerating the two of them together. Oh my God. The together, it is like they have supercharged their belief that the most important thing in life is being an entrepreneur, followed by making sure your marriage is a business. Because, like, what else could you get from a partnership? Yep. And I mean, C, being busy is all there is to life. Yeah, it's a signal of status. Yes, correct. It's the it's we all know these people, the people, but doing I don't actually don't know anyone who does it this extreme. This is like a caricature of that. Yes, yes, we all know we all know this type of which what we're witnessing is a caricature of. So if you're interested to see that, tune in. It's the whole working hard is like a holier than thou situation, and and anyone who doesn't. Anyone who isn't like, as they say, extremely ambitious in the work domain, the professional domain is somehow lesser. And I, what I, did I ever think I would want to be in a room with either of them at any point? No, but it didn't get to a tipping point of like, wow, I actually like really cannot get behind these people specifically Roxanne, Alex, I'm more confused by, to be honest with you, but he does a lot of, um, stress nonverbals. He's always touching his neck. Watch it. When he's talking to Roxanne's Antonio at the bar, he's like always touching his neck like this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like a, uh, a threat response because when, you know, our neck is like the most vulnerable place. Anyway, that's an aside. But the part where it really flipped over from like you are you're annoying to like you maybe aren't nice, like you're not you might just not be very nice. 
and I don't think it's con- I don't think it's intentional, but the way that Roxanne interacts with Cat. Cat Cat oh. is Alex. So Roxanne is in a trial marriage with Alex, who's Cat's former partner. And Kat is in a trial marriage with Antonio, who is Roxanne's former partner. So they just basically swapped partners. And Kat is this really quiet, very nice, unfortunately doesn't seem to have a lot of opinions that she expresses about anything, which is like a little sad to watch, is very much someone who just like yeses anything that is being said to them. But like, just seems like, a very lovely, lovely person. So kind. Roxanne just like it. Roxanne, when talking to Kat one-on-one is so inconsiderate of Kat's perspective, talks about like potentially having sex with Kat's ex-partner who Roxanne's coupled up with, but she Roxanne says it in such a free way that it's literally like, it's not even something meant to said to hurt cat. It's indicative of, she thinks cat is like, so not important to consider that. Like it didn't even cross her mind that she should think about how cat feels in this and how she taught, how, how Roxanne talks about her own ex and cat to like Alex and to Alex's parents is just demeaning. It's like not, nice sorry i get worked up but that dynamic made me really really not happy with roxanne yeah the whole thing to me was a package because here's this person who is so self-important really thinking she's just god's gift because of how she chooses to spend her time the decisions she makes. you know she even sort of couches like her choice to not get married is like this is so I can do my best in life. Like I, that I need to be free to be the powerful woman I am, which sort of all sounds like fine. Like I think if your friend said that to you, you'd be like, great. But like, also like maybe like go to a therapist to help manage, you know, see if you can find some other kind of balance in there. But then when you see that her self-importance translates to perceiving everyone else as so much less important yes. than her, that is when it's just like, oh, 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 you're like, not someone I need to be around like you don't there's no good vibes here like you have your girl boss laptop sticker but you do not get a good vibes laptop sick cat is a nurse is she not I think she is a nurse she was talking to Roxanne was talking to cat about like what time she comes home from her shifts and cat was like I gotta get home at 7 a.m or 8 p.m and whatever Okay, now I'm uh, yeah, you're yeah, you're you're lighting up because <laughs> the way that her ex talks about her and Roxanne talks about her, like you would think this woman is unemployed, does not contribute to the bills, like just isn't a a member of society in the way that we all give and take, right? No, she, I, arguably she's in one of the most selfless professions that there is. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know it's, it's yeah. I thought that conversation about hustling and busyness was like at least three to five years ago. I know me too. I was like, didn't we learn like during COVID? Didn't we kind of like reflect on this and decide actually like that whole thing was uh, a scam. You know, this group in general, I I feel is not of 2023. I agree. I agree. 
something feels dated about everyone yeah a little stunted in some that's ways for real just to you know be super hypocritical and Go now make fun of someone for saying something that's indicative of them not having a career I just loved the way Antonio said this. So Antonio then couples <laughs> up with Kat, who everyone, who their previous couples refer to as like the people that like don't work hard in the relationship. So like, they're so similar, like they're lazy basically. But like, as we said, Kat's a nurse, we think allegedly, according to something I think I saw in an episode. But Antonio said to Kat on their first uh, date in their new marriage, he said, in in response to like discussing career trajectories and financial success, he said, I'm knocking on the door of getting to the point where I could really cover everything. Cover everything, meaning like pay for everything. But what I loved this, what I loved about this, it was like, it was like a two stage, I'm almost there. Like I'm almost yeah. at the point where I'm, almost at the point <laughs> where I could do this. It's not right. just like, I'm almost there. It's like, no, I'm just almost at the point where I'm almost at the point where I could do this thing. That's beautiful. What a way to articulate where you're at. Good job, Antonio. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what his job is, by the way. Oh, we really need to have a list of like careers when we talk about like a full cast. Cause I could just talk about this forever. It's fascinating. Because a lot of the couples on the ultimatum, all three iterations of it, point to finances as a reason to not be getting married. Yeah. I was going to ask your your take on that. But I think the finance piece is, is sort of just a distractor from the real piece, which is like being able to sit down and have a conversation with my partner about like what I want in life and how I see that working out with regards to like a timeline and like talking through that, like, okay, so you feel that you want to be able to cover all your bills. Why is that? Like, is that because you have a belief that the man should be paying for everything? Is that because you know that your partner has consistently been paying for 80% of things for six years? Like, like getting to the real heart of it, not just like, I need more money before I propose, but like, what are the beliefs that you're, you have that lead you to saying that? And how does that intertwine with marriage? If we ever saw a conversation of this nature on the show, I think I would assume that I had like entered a fourth dimension. <laughs> it's, like- the me- it's a dimension beyond the melted faces on cupcakes. Yeah, it's a dimension. Be- yeah, yeah. You have to get through the nailed it wild west and you enter a world where netflix couples talk unpack the the source of their belief systems please a god because you know what's juicy is belief systems around money (laughs) truly it is it would be good content i would watch i mean i am i'm already watching i would watch maybe in not 1.25 speed can you do that yeah you can oh shit what have you been doing? Wasting your life and your time and on all these dramatic pauses. Yes, you must. Because I'm a like devoted 1.5 speed listener for podcasts. Oh yeah, you can do 1.5 too. Oh, God. 
I'm excited. I'll show you, or you should be able to figure it out. But if you yeah, can, I'll I, show think, you. I think I can do it. You got now this. That I know it exists. Yeah, okay. It's it's done for everyone. Now I yeah. can consume even more content. Oh no! Five hour long homeroom report card. Get ready. I just want to say one more thing about Cat and Antonio. They have no vibes, by the way. Obviously, there's no romance there. But I really like my goal. If if I could see one thing happen this season, it would be for Cat at the end to like. She said something like. Someone asked her, do you think you know who you are? And she was like, I think I'm still sorting that out. Like, I would love to, like, see some growth in that dimension. She is my hero of the season. She's she, your Maricela. She's my Maricela. She listens so generously to everything these men just vent to her about. And she does it. She's such an active listener. She's, like, very supportive and responsive. And I just want her to like get that in return from someone. It's definitely not going to be Antonio. I, I certainly don't think it's going to be Alex either. And I just wish, I really just want her to to win, win the game of life. I agree. She seems like she has a beautiful soul. So all the hate she's getting from Alex and right, Roxanne, I don't love it. I hope she does figure out a little bit of who she is during this. Yep. Let's move to our final two couple swap. Doesn't it's wild how it happened this way, but Raya couples up with James who was formerly with Ryan, Ryan. It's just weird that it's wild. Their names are so similar. And then Ryan is with Trey who is formerly with Raya. I do have to say about James say it I knew it I knew it Tell me oh, I have a lot think. to say about James but I just have this one quote that he said when he was on a date with Kat before he chose Ryan or before he chose Raya he said to Kat on a date I'm really into the sciences and Kat just kind of like stared at him ah yes the sciences and I was like yeah maybe don't say it like that on a date but like I also get it and I probably said that too so can you explain to me and the listeners what he's talking to Raya about in these conversations and if they are in agreement I and then one of these conversations or not? Like, I could not follow if there was like, the, I was like, oh, are they going to be like hooking up now? No. But then I'm like, oh, do they hate each other? Yes. I think, okay. So they have this long extended conversation on the couch where there's they're trying to sort of articulate what they want to get out of this experiment and like having a trial partner and it's clear that they both think that they need different things in order for it to feel like a trial marriage and raya says that she needs physical touch for it to feel like a a marriage and it really she only ever asks for like him to hold her hand or give her a hug and it is 100% within his right to deny that as well. But he keeps sort of turning the conversation to this place where he basically is like, stop asking me to have sex with you. Like, I don't yeah. want to have a physical relationship. And it it's one of those bizarre conversations where you know that neither, like this person is not hearing what this other one's saying and he's just digging himself in further and further and then when he recounts the conversation to her ex trey he basically just is like yeah she really wants like she wants to have sex with me right like that's what how he portrays it right and i think this is why it's so confusing to watch is because of the way he responds to things she's saying it's making me feel like i've completely missed what she's saying 
Well, it it because he's gaslighting her. But he's or doing it. He's like, I, like, I don't know how he's doing it. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, it's it's it doesn't read immediately like gaslighting, and in part it's because of the tone of his voice is so conversational that it genuinely just feels like it would be a, a normal conversation he's having with someone, but everything he's saying is actually not seemingly in response to what she's actually said. But that's why I left so confused is that I was like, did I miss something? Because what he's saying is so not, doesn't make any sense. He also does this thing in conversations with her that I really detest where he basically like responds with defining what different things are, but these things are subjective. He was like, no, 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 this is what intimacy is. No, 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 this is what foreplay is. Like, he's like, these, this is what these things are. And it's like, which like also I don't, or I don't think he's correct, like per dictionary definition. Yeah, yeah. Either. And, and it's, but he just like has this confidence about like, he's the way he sees things as the right way to see things. And I was like, just stop talking. I also need to bring up, so I'm going on a little bit of a James rant. Their first night together rise in bed and James says he needs to go on a quick run because he's like has a lot on his mind and he calls his friend and he says on the phone to his friend and I quote there is a whole bunch of self-reflection going on like this is the first time this man has self-reflected and he's doing it because at the recoupling ceremony the man Trey who chose James's ex Ryan said very you know baseline nice things about her like she's got beautiful eyes. She's a generous person, really kind hearted. Like, yeah. And FYI listeners, James has been dating Ryan for seven years. And you would think that hearing this wouldn't be so shocking to him, but it was so shocking to hear that another man could see what he sees in her, that he had a full on meltdown and called his friend and said that he, there was a lot of self-reflection going on. He's and then meanwhile, yeah, to close it out, I mean, his ex, level, one of the loveliest people to ever grace our screens, Ryan, I mean, just a, ge- a true gem of a person and matched with Trey, who has got a big old crush on her. It's beautiful. And it's so cute. I don't think it's going to, anything's yeah. going to happen, but it's very sweet. I get deep friend vibes. But I actually have a lot of hope that the friendship could be very uh, additive for her and start yes. to figure out what she thinks and what she deserves. And and for that reason, this is the pairing that I, I sort of want the most out of because I could see him helping her get there. And Trey Trey's great. I'm I'm such a fan of Trey. Me too. This is this is like the couple that is worth watching it Me for. Me too. Yes when they're out i just love all their activities and the way the friends sort of welcome trey in in that conversation is that still episode five well ryan got together with her brother and, and his girlfriend girlfriend yeah okay is that what you're talking about or is it a yeah they yeah. were just very kind and for sure and um to me, I, I'm just, is it because they also know that like she's got to get away from James? Yeah. And they're not giving her real talk. There's also very much like a, a deep, like, I could be wrong, but it feels very Texas to me, this girl. Mm. And like, and so does her, her brother and his girlfriend. And I'm like, so is everyone just like not saying the thing? Yeah. And so they're like, yeah, definitely talk to Trey more. Like someone <laughs> yeah. help you figure it out because it won't be us. But yeah. <laughs> just in case yeah. you get married. So I I have hope. I yeah. really hope she breaks up with her. With Me too. At the end. <laughs> Speaking of that, I wanted to do some predictions. Yeah. So 
Do we think Lisa and Brian will be together at the reunion? No. Okay. Same. Do we, what do we think is going to happen with, I deleted all their names. What do we think is going to happen with Roxanne and Antonio? They're going to get engaged. Roxanne and Antonio, her ex. Yes. Just to be third, third time's a charm. Roxanne, who's currently with busy guy. Yes. You think, you think they're going to go back. Antonio's going to propose. Is it because you saw the pr- the preview and no, she I, have, crying? I haven't, okay. I haven't seen a preview. That is a gut instinct that I've now honed after two seasons of the ultimatum, which is what is wrong with people make better decisions. So I think Roxanne's mind is going to be changed about marriage mm. and she'll say yes to Antonio. Okay. Wow. Hot take. I don't know what I think, but I love that one. Okay. <laughs> You're not going to um, give me anything. Uh, so Are Lisa, Lisa, Lisa and Brian, Roxanne and Antonio. Again, I deleted all their names. These names could be wrong, but you know who I'm talking about. I, all right. Cat and the busy guy. What do you think? Cat and Alex are going to get engaged. Okay. I hope they break up. I know. I don't have hope. Me neither. Trey and Raya. They're going to get engaged. You think Trey and Raya are going to get engaged? Yeah. Okay. And then that leaves us with Ryan and James. I hope they and believe they are going to break up. Okay. Well, honestly, if the rest can engage and they break up. That's still a win. Although as I'm saying this, I'm like, they're going to get engaged too. Okay. Then let me, let me just say like, okay, if every couple gets engaged, but one. Yeah, that's a good way of asking. Maybe, maybe the couple that will not get engaged is Antonio and Roxanne. Okay. I think they have the greatest chance of breaking up. All right. Well, um, guess what? It's time for office hours. Yeah. And I'm I've shocked. got one prepared. <laughs> it's a quick one. All right. And it's a me. simple one. And I think most people know this, but I think it's worth talking about on the pod. I'm just going to briefly do a quick office hours on something I've observed through a couple of different shows. And I'll give some examples. And I wanted to talk about it because I love this phenomenon. And I think it happens a lot in reality TV, especially dating shows. Uh, my in to it was when I observed people getting upset for their partner on a dating show doing something that they did because the rules of the show demanded that they do it. For example, in Temptation Island US, Paris got mad at another single contestant female for saying yes to a date with Great, her boyfriend at the time. And I was like, she's on the show to try to steal your man. She's going to say yes if your man asks her on a date. What do you expect? And then most recently, Kenzo on Love Island US got really upset at his girlfriend, Carmen, for dancing on the other guys during the literal heart rate challenge where the goal is for you to try to get other people's heart rates to go up. Everyone's dancing on everyone. So I would like to discuss um, a phenomenon that I think is useful in this in these examples, which is called the fundamental attribution error. It's also, you know, similar to other phenomenon called the actor observer bias or the correspondence bias. And even in grad school, I could never remember the minor distinctions between these things. So just I'm talking this is high level, less like nitty gritty. Everything I'm saying is 100 percent precise, but a simple description. What is the fundamental attribution error? 
It's a cognitive bias where observers underemphasize situational and environmental factors for the behavior of an actor while overemphasizing dispositional or personality factors. In other words, observers tend to overattribute the behaviors of others to their personality. For example, he is late because he's selfish and underattribute them to the situation or the context. For example, he is late because he got stuck in traffic, maybe. Here's an example study that kind of kicked this off in the 60s. Um, it was by two dudes named Edward Jones and Victor Harris. They had participants read essays that either defended or criticized Fidel Castro, the leader of the Communist Party of Cuba. Some participants were told that the writer of the essay had free choice as to whether they wrote for or against Castro, where others were told that whoever wrote the essay was assigned to a position. And what they found was that um, when they were told that like the person had free choice about who to write for, the readers of the essay obviously thought that the writer held the attitude that was consistent with the essays, so like pro or con. But that even in the condition where they were told that the person who wrote it had no choice over what, if they wrote pro or con, they still exhibited this difference where they thought that like the pro essay writer was more pro Fidel Castro than the con essay writer. Even though, again, it was made abundantly clear that like the situation was the entire thing that dictated what, which direction they wrote about. So this, you know, there's been meta-analyses. I'm sure there's been a lot more research on this that like gives some qualifications. I guess some of it has shown that this is independent of participants' own opinions. And it also shows up even if participants have get, been given even more information about the writer. And even when they've been warned to avoid this very bias, this trap in logic, this phenomenon still exists. So in general, it's just like, when we're trying to think about why someone's doing something, we really think about their people's decisions being a, a byproduct of their own like personality or disposition and not so much about their situation, even though oftentimes it's obviously a lot to their situation. One little caveat that I wanted to share because it's a throwback to our amazing podcast with Julie Cascia about cross-cultural psychology is that there's cross-cultural differences in this phenomenon, which is to be expected. And if you recall from that podcast, folks in Western societies, such as the U.S., have an independent sense of self, like they think of themselves as independent and all like self-contained in one. Uh, but folks from more Eastern societies have a more interdependent sense of self. They see themselves as like part of a collective and part of a group and, um, you know, goes in the podcast to hear more about that and Julie talk about it eloquently. So um, in a paper that we linked in that podcast, there were authors that tested the hypothesis that what they call dispositionalism, which is what I just talked about, like assuming people's behaviors are motivated by their personality. So they test the hypothesis that dispositionalism in attribution for behavior reflects a theory of social behavior more widespread in individualist than collectivist cultures. So in this, they found in one study that English language, language newspapers were more dispositional and Chinese language newspapers were more situational in explanation of the same exact crime. So basically your control of self independent versus interdependent affects the extent to which you display the fundamental attribution error. And in this case, if you're have a more independent sense of self, i.e. from like a Western culture, you are more likely to attribute people's actions to dispositions. But 
if you're from a collectivist culture, I guess, because you, um, are more used to like thinking about yourself as part of a greater whole, it's more easily accessible to you to construe other people's behaviors as some driven potentially by something outside themselves. So you're less likely to like think everyone is just acting on their own dispositions. There you go. Really enjoy that. Thanks for citing back to one of our fave pods. Okay. Do you have any, uh, cry or, uh, on a roll? I have neither of both. I screamed and I cried all week. Um, I screamed, uh, at the initial flirting between Cassie and Johnny on love Island while who is in it? Who is in the background? Is it Imani just living her life? And these two girls yes. flirting with each other. I think bas- it was Imani. They're basically like, God, I turn myself on as I look at this other version of myself and great comedy and realism at the same time. And then I screamed during the pregnancy reveal in the, not in the ultimatum, shocking, oh. another pregnancy reveal on Temptation Island with oh. the conversation about how, who was it, Christopher? Mm-hmm. Christopher Who else would it be? Just doesn't like to wear a condom, and there were I... three pregnancies that were discussed. It was wild. I didn't expect that to to see that on TV. Okay, uh, not at this hour, not in this year. Um, I cried when Joey was broken up with on The Bachelorette. Oh. It made me really sad. I cried when she and Dalton got engaged, Charity and Dalton, because. They are one true pairing. Beautiful. I love them. I really think it was always going to be the two of them. There was just some good editing this season. Like they're, they're just special. And I, I truly hope the best for them. Um, and then I, I cried um, <laughs> throughout the trailer for the golden bachelor, because there's this little golden doodle on the couch with our golden bachelor and he cha- he's like a naughty, sweet doodle. And he's just like, wants to be the center of attention throughout the entire 30, 40 second clip. That and made I, you cry? It did. I loved it. It was beautiful. Okay. You're turning into me. <laughs> this is my true nature when I'm not stressed out as I can let myself cry more. Oh, that's beautiful. Do you have any honor rolls? No, I didn't even think about it. Honestly, a bleak week for people on TV. Truly, truly. I have a quote. I do too. Okay. Do you want to do yours first or mine? I'll do mine. I feel like you always have better quotes. Mine are bizarre to say the least. This is a quote from The Ultimatum. And I don't know who asked it, but someone asked Roxanne, what do you value most? And she responds to put my money in. Yikes. Well, my quote's also from The Ultimatum. Who is it? And Nick Lachey is teeing <laughs> up the experiment. And he says, I, I kind of cut off the beginning of the quote, but it's something like, this experiment will help you find out. Does absence make the heart grow fonder or does absence make the heart grow absent? You literally said that. Oh God. I literally wrote, what? <laughs> I'd it's, love to number say one, it's, it's distance, not absence. All right. He had, and what does a heart growing absent mean? Atrophy. I don't know. Is this what we have to look forward to when there's no writers? Yes, this is it. It's 
bleep, Nick. <laughs> just go home to Vanessa. Get yourself a couples therapist. He talked about how they were fighting for their relationship. And I did. Both of them need to blink once if they're okay or need to be rescued. <laughs> I'm Christina. And I'm M. Class dismissed. And that's the episode. This podcast was recorded and produced by us, Em and Christina. The views, thoughts, and opinions are ours alone. Special thanks to Caroline Reedy for episode art. Check out her work at doot underscore doodles on Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating or review. Want to get in touch? Send us an email. realitytvphdpod at gmail.com. See you next week. Yeah.